0: My name is Natalie Nation, and you're listening to Feed That Nation. Before we begin, if you're listening to me on a podcast platform, go ahead and leave me a five-star rating, review, and subscribe if you're able. If you're listening to me on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to my channel, leave this video a thumbs up, and comment below. It helps me out so much. Also, go follow me on Instagram, I'm at FeedThatNation. So today's gonna be a little bit of a story time and I'm gonna be talking about my experience with being a college RA or a resident advisor and why I quit after one semester. This particular period in my life where I was an RA and I decided to quit and all of the other details, all of the other factors that were going on in my life at the time, I've sort of realized now that this was a turning point for me in terms of figuring out who I was as a student, what I wanted, what I needed, and how to get there, and ultimately how to help myself be more successful and how to help myself be more happy. The process to become an RA at my college, and I should probably also say before I begin, I am not in any way, shape, or form speaking for my previous educational institution, my previous employer. These thoughts, opinions, experiences are my own, I'm even wearing my sweatshirt that I got when I was an RA, but regardless, I definitely think very highly of my educational institution and I had a really positive experience in some ways being an RA, and I definitely don't wanna like hate on them through this podcast, so I just wanted to say all of that before I really dive in. So anyways, the process to become an RA at St. Kate's was that you applied in, I think, February or March, and then you did a couple of different interviews and then you were chosen and formed in April-ish. And then RA training started in mid-August so that we would be all ready to go when students moved in on Labor Day weekend. And I was chosen to be one of two RAs on a floor of a freshman dorm. I was also chosen to be the RA for the honors living learning community for the first year honor students living on that floor, which was pretty exciting for me. And I was overall excited to become an RA. I was looking forward to the experience. I think even back then, I always would tend to seek out leadership positions and I've always been a big sister. So I think I just, naturally gravitated towards positions where I would get to be in more of like a leadership slash caretaking slash guiding kind of role. And I think I still do that but I think my knowing myself better has made me make different decisions since, since this experience and I'll get into that later. RA training was pretty intense. And there's obviously a lot of different factors that have to go into this. RAs play a lot of different roles. No matter what campus you're on, RAs play a lot of different roles. You know, we're there to be disciplinarians and we're there to be in a guiding role and we're there to plan programs and be like in an event planning role and we're there to help mediate things. And I think different colleges place different responsibilities on students. And my experience was that there were a lot of responsibilities placed on the RAs especially the first year RAs because first year students are I don't want to sound mean or anything but like first year college students just don't know a lot of things because they've never been to college before and that's okay but it means that they sort of need more instruction more guidance more reminding more caretaking per se and so the training was pretty intense it was about two weeks we would do like nine to five every day of different sessions regarding mediating regarding program planning regarding policies on campus regarding you know um mental health or emergency like crisis management different things like that and honestly a lot of those experiences like learning about what a mandated reporter is and learning about like title nine and all of the different rights that college students have and the different resources available on our campus to students was really helpful and I think it's actually informed a lot of what I talk about now on Feed That Nation because I know that these things are available to students and that students have the right to them. I think through all that training I started to get a little nervous too because I was just realizing how big of a job being an RA was. Not that I didn't know it before but it didn't really seem all that real until we got there. I was like excited to meet my residents, obviously excited to meet all the first year students who are moving in and move-in day was actually pretty darn fun. It was very busy, obviously it was very hectic. It was kind of a little bit insane in every way possible. Obviously move-in day is a big day for first-year college students, especially at St. Kate's we tend to have a lot of multicultural students, a lot of first-generation students, so obviously move-in day can be pretty emotional. There's a lot of family that wants to come and it was just crazy busy hectic in a good way and I actually really enjoyed it. As the semester started to go on, I think I had a couple of different moments where I realized that I might have bitten off more than I could chew in terms of both the RA job and being able to navigate that job and balance that job with the rest of my life as a student, the rest of my social life, the rest of my mental, emotional, physical health. To set the scene, I was taking a decently full course load. I think I had 16 credits and it was like food science, it was my accounting class that I absolutely loved, it was I think ASL level 3 maybe, and then organic chemistry, and I've said this before, but organic chemistry is such a beast. Truly, truly is such a beast, and I am not a math or a science-brained person, And I really struggled to navigate organic chemistry that semester. I really struggled to navigate balancing that class and doing all the homework and the studying for that class, and I just wasn't understanding it. On top of planning programs and helping residents out with different issues, being on duty once every two weeks, and obviously having to do the things that go along with holding the duty phone and all of that. And honestly, none of those things I think would have been The straw that broke the proverbial camel's back but it was just the combination of all of those things that really made me struggle i was struggling with time management i was exhausted all the time but i wasn't sleeping very well because i'd be up late at night trying to do my homework trying to navigate planning programs and making door decks planning bulletin boards And then just being anxious like oh this resident told me this the other day and oh i'm waiting for an email back from this resident about this thing and what if i did that wrong and i mean on top of all of that i was also the president of another club and trying to navigate you know planning club events and planning club outings and trying to hang out with my friends and all of that on top of remember i'm I'm still adding things to this massive list of things here but i was really struggling with anxiety and depression, and it was something that I'd been struggling with for probably years leading up to that point on and off, but I'd never really addressed it before because I figured it wasn't that important, I figured everybody feels this way at some point, I figured I should be able to handle this, I should just feel better, and like doing the negative self-blame, negative self-talk, and month, month and a half went by, middle of October. I was really struggling and everything was just getting more and more intense and I was struggling more and more and right about this time I got an ear infection. I've had an assortment of ear infections over the past decade of my life, it just happens. And I tried to get an appointment at the campus clinic and I couldn't get one for a whole week so I waited a week, it was now I think the last week in October for the appointment and I went to the clinic. And one of the forms that they have you fill out when you go to the campus clinic at St. Kate's is the PHQ-9 and the PHQ-9 is a nine question survey that evaluates for symptoms of depression and I didn't really think anything about it when I was filling it out I just filled it out honestly I was still pretty miserable from my ear infection I had you know a headache and an earache and I just wasn't feeling well on top of again all the things I have mentioned before and so I Went to my appointment filled out the phq9 saw the provider looked in my ear and she said why yes you do have an ear infection however it looks like it's clearing itself up so i'm not going to prescribe you anything for it because it looks like it's healing on its own which unrelated to anything else i'm going to mention today i was really irritated that she wasn't going to give me any medication because i'd already been miserable for a week but whatever it's fine but then the provider after she you know, looked in my ear and everything. She kind of sat across from me and she got this really soft look on her face. And she said, You know, Natalie, the last time you were in the clinic in May, I think I got an immunization or something in May was the last time I'd been there. On the PHQ 9, you scored a 2. Today, you scored a 15. And I was wondering if you needed to talk about anything. I think that was the moment when I realized just how much I was struggling and how miserable I truly was and how much I couldn't handle it on my own anymore. Obviously I like didn't know this provider very well, she's just one of the providers at St. Kate's and I sort of gave an answer like yeah I just haven't been feeling well, feeling you know off, really busy, really stressed. And you know she recommended for me to go and check out the counseling center at St. Kate's and speak to a counselor about it and I agreed it's probably a good idea and I signed a release form so that she could send over like my PHQ-9 and any other relevant information over to the counseling center. And then I went back to my dorm room to try and get homework done and prepare for my organic chemistry lab that I had later that day, a four hour lab for organic chemistry. I just I couldn't focus and I couldn't get my head wrapped around the fact that I needed help. And I was struggling so much with just feeling so miserable and so overwhelmed and so anxious and so unhappy that by the time I got to this point with a PHQ-9 and being recommended to go see a counselor, I don't know, a dam just broke or something like that where I just like laid on my bed in my dorm room and like locked the door and just cried. I texted my lab partner, I was like, I cannot go to lab today. And I just cried for like two hours. And finally I found the counseling center's number and called to try and make an appointment and they were booked out for four weeks. The soonest I could get an appointment was four weeks. And I made the appointment, but I was absolutely heartbroken by that. And realizing that if I'm gonna to have to wait four weeks to see a provider to start working through my feelings then I need to start figuring out how to make changes in my life right now so that I'm not just feeling as miserable as I am right now for the next four weeks and so I started thinking more and more about what exactly was making me so miserable and started thinking about well what in my life can I change because obviously there are things in my life at that point that I could change and things that I could not change And I realized that being an RA truly was a big stressor for me. It was not really what I'd been expecting when I signed up and a lot of the things about the job that I thought I would enjoy, I wasn't enjoying. And a lot of the things that were related to the job responsibilities were just piling up and piling up and making me feel super overwhelmed, like I couldn't do it and like I didn't want to do it anymore. And so after i got off the phone at the counseling center and made the appointment for four weeks out i sent an email to my supervisor my ra supervisor who was a master's student and her office hours happened to be that afternoon and so i sent her a message saying i was coming down to talk to her and i essentially cried in her office for another hour talking about how unhappy i was and how miserable i was she was the one who asked me like do you want to still be an ra And when she asked me that question, I realized that the answer was no, I didn't. I didn't want to keep being an RA. And so I told her, like, I'm going to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. I'll stay on to the end of the semester, and then I'll be done. And that moment was really, really liberating for me. And I felt instantly like a little bit of a weight lift off my chest after I decided that I was going to be done being an RA. I know that being an RA wasn't the job for me, but I think that a lot of other people do an incredible job of being able to balance everything and navigate everything super, super well. And I'm kind of in awe of that because I've had some really incredible RAs, and some of my RA coworkers when I was an RA are some of the most amazing people. But I think the number of factors that made it not the job for me, along with just it being an incredibly busy time in my life where everything was just piling up and piling up and piling up and something had to give, was that I can do a lot better in my life when I can compartmentalize all my responsibilities. And I think I've mentioned this before in a couple of different podcasts, but I do really well when I can have school be school and work be work and home be home. And being an RA, living in a dorm room on a floor of first years, literally was school is school and work is work and home is home all in one room. And I had a really hard time compartmentalizing when I'm at work and when I'm not at work because I was quite literally living at my job. And again, some people do a really, really good job of being able to compartmentalize, even in that situation, and I just am not one of them. And I didn't used to know that about myself, and now I do. I think also, because I was an RA, I was living alone. I lived in a double dorm room, but I was by myself. And I have found that even though I have lived alone before, I don't really like it. And I don't really do very well when I live on my own because I kind of just kind of fester, if that makes sense. Like when I'm alone and there's no one around me keeping their own schedule, I have a harder time keeping my own schedule. And this could be part of having a learning disability as well, but like someone else getting up And moving on with their day helps me to have the structure that i need to get up and go on with my day like even something simple like someone else eating lunch literally reminds me that i too need to eat lunch someone else doing homework or someone else doing laundry kind of reminds me either consciously or unconsciously that I also need to do my homework and you know do my laundry and I didn't used to know that about myself but when I lived alone I truly struggled with finding structure because I didn't have anything to really like base it around and I didn't have anyone to talk through things with or even just like collaborating on tasks like I didn't have anybody to like go grocery shopping with so I was doing that all by myself and that's no fun just Things like that, I do so much better when I live with someone else. And, you know, obviously now I live with my husband and it's really awesome, but even the roommates I've had since I was an RA, since being an RA, I have realized that they provide structure for me, whether they intend to or not, and I certainly do my best to be independent, but having a roommate who, independently from me, needs to eat and sleep and do homework and grocery shop and do laundry, helps me to form the structure that I need in my life to also do those things. I think also I struggled with being an RA because again, I have a learning disability and that makes organizational skills and organizational functioning really challenging for me. And there's a part of being an RA where you have to be organized, fill out paperwork, respond to emails. And I'm just not super great at that. So, and obviously this is something that I can't just avoid forever, but knowing those strengths and weaknesses that I have helps me to find jobs and find work, find meaningful work. That allows me to utilize my strengths and not be constantly relying on my weaknesses. It's funny actually because I, as an RA, I loved my residents. I loved getting to meet my new first years. I loved getting to invite them to programs, see them around campus. I had so much fun just getting to know them and i'm still really good friends with a few of them it was kind of a joke on our floor though that like we weren't friends and i would always be like we're not friends we're not friends but like we were definitely friends and i'm still very happy to be friends with my residents now and it's so cool because like the girls that were my first year residents are now graduating from college most of them if they were four-year degree students and i just like i've loved watching them grow from like you know, shy first years, not sure of their way around campus, all the way to being confident seniors ready to go out into the world, and I'm just like, look at my little ducklings, look at them go, and it's so exciting. Being an RA and quitting my job as an RA truly did serve as a turning point for me in, again, like I said, learning about how I work best, how I do best. It was sort of a wake-up call for me in terms of my mental health. I would definitely say i had struggled with anxiety and depression before but all of those issues sort of came to a head that semester and because of that semester i got into counseling and therapy and i've been able to actually like work through my feelings and acknowledge that it's okay that i have feelings and that i'm struggling and then working through those struggles and that's not something i had ever done before in my life and it's been four years since then and i'm 100 percent a happier and healthier person in that way because of that i'm kind of you know i had to crash and burn to figure it out but you know whatever and it was that semester also that made me realize that i need to figure out how i learn best and how i do best and then maximize that potential for myself i talked about in my I talked about in my No More All-Nighters podcast that I can't do homework at midnight, and part of that realization stemmed from the fact that I would be an RA trying to get my organic chemistry homework done at midnight because I hadn't been able to do it during the day. This video definitely doesn't, I hope, serve to scare anyone off who wants to become an RA. This is truly just my experience with it, what I enjoyed about it, what I struggled with, and ultimately why I decided that being an RA wasn't for me. I think another big piece of this that i think is an equity issue that really kind of frustrates me at times is that being an ra is one of the best paying jobs on campus in that most people who are chosen to be ras get to live and eat on campus for free and i know people who are ras or who were ras who took the job or applied for the job because they needed that room room and board they needed to be able to room and board for free in order to afford college. And like I said, being an RA is not for everyone, and I think that sort of intersection of people who need the free room and board but aren't a good fit for the RA job is a lot bigger than people think. And it's kind of sad to me that there aren't more college jobs that allow students to live or get tuition that don't hinge upon them taking a job that has a huge amount of responsibility and a ton of duties and a ton of different roles. And I think that in itself is sort of sad to me because of the number of students out there who might be an RA and hate their job but not be able to quit. And I'm really lucky that I was a student who Hated being an RA and was able to quit without, you know, significantly financially struggling. I also want to say that the amount of support and caring and kindness that I got from my RA co-staff, my co-RA on my floor, the others in my building, and in my cluster of other first-year dorms, they were incredible and amazing and I'm so happy that we became friends and got to work together. And even after I decided to quit, they were all incredibly supportive of me making that decision. And we were still friends after that and I was really happy about that because I think another reason I was so nervous to quit, even though I decided it was the right decision for me, was that I was worried that my residents would hate me, that my co-staff would hate me, that people would think I was weak, and none of that was true at all. Obviously my residents were sad to see me go, obviously my co-staff were sad to see me go, but everyone was so supportive of me making the decision that I needed to make for my health and my well-being. And that was awesome, and I loved that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Feed That Nation. If you're listening on a podcast platform, again, go ahead and leave me a five-star review or rating and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my channel, leave me a thumbs up on this video, and definitely leave me a comment below. Tell me, were you ever an RA? What did you think of it? What did you think of your RAs if you were ever a college resident? Let me know. Also, go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed That Nation. I upload new podcasts every Wednesday and I upload vlogs every Saturday. Until next time, my name is Natalie Nation and you're listening to Feed That Nation. Have a great day and I'll see you soon.